Welcome to Fire and Security Chat, brought to you by Corson Fire and Security, where we talk about the technology and equipment used to protect and secure life and property. I'm your host, Aaron Whitaker, and today I'm with David Petker, Security Corporate Trainer at Corson Fire and Security. On today's episode, I'll be talking to David about the future of commercial security in a post-COVID world. David, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Aaron. Um, just a little bit about myself. I've roughly been with Corson almost six years now. I've been in this industry roughly 18 years. Um, I've done everything from being a service, started out as a service technician in this industry, um, was an install manager at one time, and then uh, lead tech on the install side of Corson Fire and Security, and then moved into this role as a security trainer roughly two years ago. So um, I've been um, instrumental in spearheading and writing new courses for everything from burglar alarm, access control, video surveillance, or CC, otherwise known as CCTV, and um, commercial access control. So. Okay, um, let's kind of first dive in. Um, you know, over the past year, we've had obviously the COVID outbreak, and uh, there's been a lot of changes in everything from uh, workplace environments to um, what we're discussing today, kind of commercial security and how it's kind of played a part in, uh, you know, I guess the world trying to figure out how to live uh, in this kind of weird uh, pandemic time. And I think going forward, I think a lot of the things that we've kind of learned over this past year and we'll discuss can kind of be maybe uh, used in the future uh, Mm -hmm. for other, if there's other outbreaks and stuff like that. Um, The first question I wanted to ask you was, how have you seen the security industry uh, change over the past year? I would say that in the security industry, we have seen a lot more movement towards not, not so much on the burglar alarm side, but a lot more stress and emphasis on the access control and the CCTV realm. And the reason that it's wanting to go that way is former companies that had um, buildings that was just a hard key to let you in and out of a building. Um, they've wanted to go to the access control route so they can actually keep the building locked down and see who's entering and who's leaving, who's on their on their site or their premises. Or if they're not wanting to necessarily do the access control, then they're moving towards cameras so they can have visual aspects to see who's in and out of their buildings. Because, um, you know, as we know, sometimes people aren't so honest and this actually keeps people more honest to see who's coming and going from their building. A uh, big push right at the beginning of this pandemic, and we got a lot of calls from customers, was, OK, how do we lock down our building and make it so our employees can't enter the building right now and okay. um, make them work from home? Okay. Interesting. And has this push, have you seen it from, is it from the customer side? Is it from the kind of the security vendor side or uh, I, I me personally the phone calls I've received it's been more from the um, customer side okay. um, now with branch the other branches and talking with them they have sent out emails or made phone calls as far as recommendations on what to do but I mean it's all been such a learning curve for all of us it's it's unfortunately um, a lot of it's been reaction instead of proaction mm-hmm. now that we're a year into you know, over a year into this now, I mean, we have a lot more stance where we can give recommendations to our customers, including on the new installs. Okay, this is what we've seen, and this is what we recommend you move towards. Okay. Um, the next question was how 
do you see commercial security kind of addressing pandemics like COVID-19? And you've kind of discussed it a little bit. Sure. Um, the way I see is addressing it is to actually have physical ability to see who's in your building at any time, see who has entered your building at any time and um, have, have a true hard result um, printout of a log to see who's been coming and going. So you can actually say, okay, David Petker, we know he's notified the company that he has tested positive for COVID, for instance, if that was the case. Mm -hmm. And we can actually physically go and pull a report on his access control card and see what buildings he's been in, such as like Corson being a large campus, there's going to be a trace, a, a tracking of me on where I've been and okay, who have I possibly been in contact with? So they can pull that physical report and then narrow it down very quickly if they need to quarantine anybody or anything like that. Okay. Yeah, because I know in before this was all, you know, people looked in access control, contact tracing, it seemed like it was more word of mouth of, uh, I asked, you know, if you were tested positive, I would ask you, where have you been? You know, and maybe if they, some companies might not even ask that question, they'd be, okay, he works at this desk, so everybody around him should quarantine and Exactly. Yeah, I think there's, yeah, with cont or with uh, access control, it seems like there's a more precise mm -hmm. uh, tracking. I mean, and it, and it really helps eliminate the human error because, I mean, a perfect example, I had a very close friend that did come down positive with COVID and he, he, my name was given to the state. And so the state is doing their job and doing the contact tracing. And then they want to know where I've been, even though I was not positive. And then now I'm having to go back through my head. And, you know, we've all go to bed at night and we forget things and who we've interacted with. So the, f the fact that we have an electronic digital footprint that's accurate, then it's far more easier to track that down than just through the human error of something. Mm -hmm. Have you seen with uh, access control, have you seen it? Usually buildings, it's usually just the entrance mm -hmm. to a building. Have you seen companies kind of go almost um, not room to room, but even close to almost zones to where they can even further kind of trace the movements of, uh, of customer or their employees. Sure. Um, actually before the pandemic even hit, we found that a lot of businesses were starting to go towards the realm of, you know, they would have a section that they would call HR. Then they would have a section that would call, um, you know, administration or a section that was just for, you know, line employees or something like that. So um, I, I would imagine that that's even honing down even more to keep people kind of in their own areas or see what, where they're going. Mm -hmm. um, it's not unheard of anymore now to have what we call interior door access control instead of just your perimeter stuff. So, um, yes, it, 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 it was already moving that way, but even more now where you can you have that ability and people are so that they can trace movements throughout a building yeah um the next question i want to skip the next one i want to go to the surveillance cameras mm -hmm. and how can surveillance cameras help in contact tracing uh can they track people's movements is there facial recognition that yes there is what we call analytics that are built into your higher end cameras um, there are some server bases that you can use on your NVRs that have analytics built in, but to get your true functionality of facial recognition and, okay, what 
what was this person wearing all the way down to was, you know, it can say, it can show that they're wearing khakis and a red shirt. So you can actually put that out there onto your server, say, okay, give me all images of whoever was wearing khakis and a red shirt that day. And it can pull the video clips. It can pull the analytics through the cameras. You know, that's all set up beforehand, but yes, you can, you can trace a lot, a whole lot better than having to have, me, for instance, sit there and watch eight hours worth of footage on an entire campus trying to see where this person went to. So it is getting a lot more in depth with video analytics mm-hmm. that way. Um, and that's just the industry. That's the way it's going, because even with crime industry, with the crime world out there, they want to be able to type in certain things and be able to pull footage on a large scale building to see to have that stuff come back to them. And have you seen them kind of adapt that, uh, you know, tracing for COVID and contact tracing, or has it been kind of relegated to the access control systems? From what I've seen so far, it's been regulated to mainly the access control. Um, If if the building doesn't have access control, which you tend to find people will go with access control quicker than they'll go with video. Um, but there is some instances where it's just video out there, then that is another form that you can, you know, it is time consuming, but you can go back and, and trace and see where a person's gone or who they've been around. Okay. So right now you, it's kind of mainly treated as, uh, you know, if uh, someone who shouldn't be on the property, they can quickly def- determine where that person is mm-hmm. with video. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas access controls more of uh understanding where your employees are moving and how they mm-hmm. move about. Okay. And, and if, uh, you know, if, uh, you don't, you don't want to treat an employee like um, they're not so allowed to be there, but it, you know, during the pandemic, if, if a company wanted to take it a step further and say, okay, we know this person's going to be out of our building for two weeks. I mean, we can shut off their access badge that's being proactive so that mm-hmm. they can't enter the facility or be around. Whereas with video, you're having to be more reactive and go back and see, okay, is this person being honest? Are they coming in? Did they sneak in in the middle of the night to get some stuff to work from home, which I understand, you know, you need stuff to work from home, but you know, you could truly shut that person down from being able to, to spread or contaminate your building. Today's podcast is brought to you by business security solutions from course and fire and security. Since 1946, Corson Fire and Security have been protecting and securing businesses and facilities of all sizes. Whether you're looking for simple video surveillance and intrusion detection for your small retail shop or a complex enterprise security solution for a multi-facility business campus, you can trust the security experts at Corson Fire and Security. Contact Corson today to learn more about how we can protect and secure your facilities, your employees, and your customers. Our security experts will meet with you and tour your facilities to determine what security systems will best fit your unique needs. From access control to video surveillance to intrusion detection to emergency notification, we can build a customized security solution for your exact business needs. Contact us today at 888-CORSON or visit us online at corson.com. Corson Fire and Security, protecting life and property since 1946. The next question I want to ask, and I've seen articles on this. I've seen articles from Amazon doing this to other companies. 
uh, using surveillance cameras, can surveillance cameras effectively monitor people's temperatures? As of this time, no. The thermal imaging is there to pick up to see, you know, heat in a, in a person's body, but the technology is not there yet to truly get a true temperature read. Um, they did a, a, a study where they took, I think it was roughly 12 of the thermal cameras from different companies and they found that every single one of those cameras was actually, even though it picked up generated heat from a person, it actually it, it would take the median of whatever the, say, for instance, 98.7, and mm-hmm. it would then show the temperature to be more regulated to a normal body temperature instead of a true accurate reading. The, um, the technology is just not there yet. Okay. So where, um, where are or how are thermal cameras, I guess, used in today's applications? A lot of thermal cameras that we've installed that are used in applications are more for like an outside, uh, like an outside perimeter type situation where okay. you're wanting to monitor like a fence line or if you've got a lot of trees and stuff like that where in it's not a well lit area, then if you had a you can then put that thermal imagery out there or that thermal camera to pick up any movement, such as thermal energy. Whereas like if a security guard was blind too, because of it was dark, that's instantly going to show up onto the screen and let them see movement such as prisons. will use it on, on all of their security line as far as their perimeter fences and stuff like that. Okay. So, I mean, thermal cameras, how long have they been around? I mean, has it been 10 years or. Um, I, I know from my formal days from working with another company, when I first started this industry roughly 20, 19 years ago, um, I worked in what we called the corrections division. And that technology had was just kind of starting. Um, the thermal imagery really came about when IP cameras came about as more of the industry standard about 10 years ago. Okay. So you think... Are, is the technology, do you see it improving and eventually getting to the point where we can absolutely possibly use it to determine people's temperatures? Absolutely. Um, okay. I would definitely say that it's going to advance just like everything that we that we experience. If you kind of think on the realms of cell phones, when the cell phones first came out, it was just the bag phones. And now we're basically walking around with Google in our pocket. It's a mini computer and it's advancing so quickly that. Yeah, it's it, it, it'll it'll get there. Um, you know, even five years ago, the price that the price point of selling an IP camera was double the price of what we call an analog camera or old coax cameras. But now the price difference is so minimal that you're actually wasting your time putting in coax cameras. So, yes, that talk, that technology will come about. It's just how they who gets there first and. Who, who actually is telling the truth on what, what it can do. Okay. Um, so we, we, you talked a little bit about access control systems and how we can kind of use it for contact tracing. Mm-hmm. Um, the other question I have about access control systems is, can it kind of help in reducing the spread of germs? The, the, the scenario I'm thinking is like at hospitals with automatic doors, um, th- that type of situation where it's no touch, Um, Even the access control itself, uh, you know, the older ones have keypads or even newer ones, uh, fingerprints, that Mm -hmm. type of stuff. 
Uh, is there a absolutely yes? The industry is moving towards a no touch, what we even call badge swipe. Because I mean, if you have your badge on you and you're presenting it at a prox reader, mm-hmm. I mean, yes, there might be a possibility you're touching that badge to that prox reader and you could pass something on. It's very minimal, but they are moving to an industry where it would be no touch in the sense of 99% of the um, people in the working world carry a cell phone on nowadays. Mm -hmm. And you have new technology and readers where they're Bluetooth readers actually. So you can marry your phone Bluetooth technology wise to the access control. So when you walk up to the door, all you do is wave your hand in front of the reader and it would grant you access. And then you would also have door controllers such as like at a hospital where then it would then physically open the doors for you. And so it's truly becoming a no touch type situation. And um, I know a lot of people have already brought out some of the Bluetooth technology readers. Um, DMP has brought it out. Honeywell has brought it out and they're every day they're improving that process and making it so at first, when they first brought out that technology, you, know, you could be 10 feet away from that door and it would unlock. And I mean, we we didn't want doors unlocking being that close to the doors. Well, now they've really honed in on the frequencies and made it so you have to be at the door and be present and stuff like that. But also, you know, it, not anybody with just a phone and a Bluetooth could get into it. You know, your your phone actually has to be married to that system. So, yeah, it, it's definitely going that route. Okay. And with doors, I mean, there's still the physical action of in most situations of pushing the door with your hand or opening the knob. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes, uh, there. Uh, yes, there is at this time. Um, you know, I could I, I could see where, you know, doors would eventually, you know, where you would have automatic open and closers if you want to truly go the completely touchless route. Um, I know because my wife works in the healthcare industry. Um, she works for one of the hospitals north of Indianapolis that um, a lot of their doors have been, since this has happened, has been transitioned over to automatic door openers, such as like with the ADA, with a wheelchair access door. We, um, you know, they've actually swapped out a lot of the push buttons to where you just wave, it's motion sensor where you wave your hand in front of it. So you're no longer even touching the button to actuate the door. Okay. Um, can uh, the next question was can surveillance cameras and access control work together to lock down areas where someone may be sick um, we've kind of talked a little bit about the cameras and they're, they're kind of there but it seems like the access control is kind of the main focus now. Sure. I mean, the access control and the cameras, um, for instance, like our product through DMP, we already have the capability to anytime there's a valid badge read that if there's a camera towards that door, it can send a video clip to anybody at any time that you want to. So say, for instance, we had an employee that we had to let go from a company and then we went ahead and turned their card off. So if that person said, hey, I lost that card. If they came back and tried to give an active read onto that onto that reader, it would send a video clip to somebody. You could set it up that way. Um, you can set up the system where if you had a known employee that is already known to be sick, such as with COVID, you could set that badge up to even 
send an alert to somebody with a video clip so you could vi- physically see, okay, yeah, they've swiped, they've come in the building. Now we can see who they've been around instantly instead of having to go back and pull the footage. Mm-hmm. So you can set all that up pre before when you're deploying a system. You can also set it up where if there's an active alarm, such as if you wanted to do a lockdown, then it would send all the video clips from those those cameras to somebody so you can see where people are in the building and everything. Okay. Um, last question before we go. What other security technologies do you see being introduced or improved over the next few years in regards to kind of uh, contact tracing, pandemics, uh, that type of? Well, I think you kind of touched on it. I think um, they they want the thermal cameras to to start that process. Um, I know that there's a company out there that is really pushing it and what they're trying to put what thermal cameras at like turnstiles on like a factory and stuff like that to mm-hmm. allow people to come and go um, to trace that. Um, like I said earlier, the technology isn't there yet, but I can see there is a big focus on that, that where that could jump leaps and bounds very quickly to make that something that truly is viable in this industry to monitor that, including, I mean, through like at like large stadiums and stuff like that. The only thing that you have to be careful about, and that's what we battle in the security industry every day, is how much do we are we trampling on uh, people's rights and, and singling people out and stuff like that. Yeah, I was actually going to bring that up with privacy concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, have you has there have you seen a lot of? I guess I guess the biggest question is: Does the public kind of? I don't think the public really knows all the technology that's available out there. They absolutely do. They absolutely do not know that the technology is out there. There's um, a large sporting arena right here in Indianapolis that I know has video analytics on all of their cameras and it's constantly tracing every single person that comes in and out of that building for facial recognition. So if somebody that's not supposed to be in that building and it sees that facial recognition, it instantly alerts all the security guards this person's trying to enter the premises and then they know exactly where they are and they can go to it. So yeah, there's a lot of technology out there. Um, you know, people like to joke around with big brothers always watching and yes, to a point, um, I'm not trying to scare anybody, but you're being watched and seen a whole lot more than you actually think you are. Yeah. I, I almost think it hasn't, I mean, it's almost uh, kind of like internet now with uh, privacy mm-hmm. that consumers are finally becoming aware of how much, uh, we can track them and they're a little angry about it, which, mm-hmm. you know, I can understand. Uh, I think with video security, I mean, I, the technology is great that we can, I mean, there's a lot of good pros about it and the stuff that we just talked about here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, there's obviously that, um, that thin line um, and we have to kind of, I think in the next five, 10 years determining where that line is and, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I completely agree. And I mean, for, there's always a bad apple in the bunch wherever you go. And it, okay, so which bad apple is going to try to push the limits on what's out there and what they're utilizing it for and how they're utilizing it. So um, as an industry in whole, you know, we have to always be cognizant of that too on, you know, what is your customer asking for or what is the other companies trying to push and, and sell. So, you know, we always have to 
do what's morally right. And sometimes, a lot of times we have to protect our customers because they'll say, okay, I want a camera here. And you'll say, we can't put a camera in this hallway because for instance, you have your public bathrooms there and the doors swing out into the hallway. And there's a chance we could look into the bathroom. That so, so, you know, as the industry leaders, we have to then guide our customers to do the proper things. Cool. All right. Uh, well, thank you for you know joining me today and you know answering all these uh, questions. Sure. Be glad. To, I'm glad I'm here. Yep. If uh, if anybody is interested in learning more about uh, access control, video surveillance. Um, and all aspects of commercial security um, from the small shops to the, you know, large, you know, corporations, uh, you know, we, we can handle it and you can contact your local Corson branch and they'll be uh, glad to show you more. All right. Thank you, David. Thank you. All right. That ends our podcast for today. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Corson Fire and Security Chat. Today's music was brought to you by Cape West and Twisterium from Pixabay. To learn more about our products and services, visit Corson.com. <laughs>